This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Hey, welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate. We'd love to get the most interesting guests we can find for you on this video podcast. And definitely when somebody makes the headlines and captures our attention, we we like to get them. So there's there's this student at Lake Nona High School who has found a fascinating way to sort of do a mix of virtual and in person. It's not just one or the other. And uh, Ginger, this person is on our show today and we're excited to have her. We are so excited to welcome Shannon Hayes with us today. And Shannon, we've been just so excited to talk to you and to learn more about the process of you using a computer. We all use it, but you use it in quite a different way. Thank you for joining us for Florida's Fourth Estate. How are you today? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for like inviting me. This is so cool. Yeah, it's cool for us too. So tell us a little bit about, okay, so mostly you are schooled from home, right? Because you have uh, something called spinal muscular atrophy or SMA, and you're really susceptible to infection. So they try and keep you out of the general population. But with this computer called Vigo, you can actually kind of be in the classroom with other students. Tell me how that works. Yeah, so basically it's an application that connects to this robot that is being kept at the school. And essentially what I do is I just control it from my computer and it moves there, like all the way over there. Um, And they can see me, I can see them. They can also hear me and I can also hear them. So it's kind of like I'm in school without actually being there like my physical body being there and it's really cool yeah, it's not your physical body, but it is a physical body, which makes it a little different. So many kids did virtual school where they were just staring at a screen and they were looking at a Zoom room or something with their teacher. Can you tell me the difference between doing this, what you're doing with this robot that's physically driving around school with you on it and like regular old virtual school? I would say this robot gives me more freedom it feels like i'm there you know with zoom it's kind of more restricted you can't really move around you can't really look around it's more so just answering questions and typing into a little chat box um whereas with the robot i can look around like if i want to talk to my partner um someone sitting next to me i can do that or i could ask the teacher questions you know kind of interrupt her and it's just feels so much more immersive, I would say. Has this been a good way? I want to know, have you been able to make a friend through this contraption that you're riding around on? I have. Um, It's actually the person who sits next to me. Um, If she's watching, hi, Lily. (laughs) Um, I've 
I talked to her a lot, actually, and I was able to get her number and stuff. So I would say we're pretty close in that sense. Oh, that's fantastic. What's her name again? Is it Lily? Yes. Okay, so I'm I'm hoping that she's watching, and I love the fact that she is your your friend, and you guys have been able to connect in that way. Because do you know how many friends I made over Zoom, Shannon? Let me help you. Zero. <laughs> she so actually, uh, Shannon, she doesn't have any friends at all. So uh, <laughs> that's not true. But no, it's just it's just it's so much more engaging than just being this little square on a screen with dozens of other people. There's your cute little face on a screen with your glasses interacting with Lily and even stumping the teacher sometimes because I hear that you're a heck of a student in particularly math. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I would say, um, both science and math are my favorite subjects. I'm I would say I'm pretty good at them. I love doing that. <laughs> oh man! And what do you and what do you hope to do, Shannon? What do you think? You know, they always say, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" What's what is future Shannon going to do? Um, right now, I am in the process of thinking about that. However, I do think that something that would really benefit me in the future and kind of help me live an independent life is something in the field of technology, I would say, because it's so it's growing so much more now in these coming years. And I mean, right now, this is what this whole interview is about, right? So mm -hmm. if I kind of work in that field, I'm already pretty good with technology um, to begin with. So that's something interesting that I would like to do. I bet I could see you doing that and I could see you doing that uh, very well. So what do you, is this something, this robot, is this something you think you could do in college? Do you, is there going to come a point where you want to return to school in person? What's the plan for your future with all this? Um, I think the robot is a, a really good tool to use. Um, I do think, however, that I would like to go to school in the future. Obviously not for the full day because I have so many necessities that you just can't tend to, you know, with the rush hour of, as an example, going from one class to the other. And my high school is a really large campus. And also, I don't, I don't know which college I'm going to yet, but maybe I could go to school, for example, like half a day the second half of the day and the robot would probably be something that i would use for the entirety of my school life just because even if i do go to school in person i could also use the robot let's say if i bring if i'm like coughing a lot or if i just have more necessities that day that i normally mm -hmm. don't have i Robot is an alternative instead of just saying, Oh, I'll be absent and then not go. Yeah, that is a fantastic idea. I even see something even more futuristic for you, Shannon. This probably doesn't make any sense, so don't laugh at me. But on a college campus, I could see the robot with your, you know, I see your glasses, I see your cute little face, like rolling around the college campus, going from, you know, uh, 
room to room or building to building to get to your class and and greeting people along the way it would have to be a sturdy robot to go over different terrain but i really think that that could be something that would make your college experience even more exciting i hope somebody has something like that even in the works right now yeah i hope so too <laughs> yeah, that would be very cool. Well, I, what I mean, I just find you—you uh, you have a fantastic smile. You have like the sweetest disposition. As a dad, I bet your parents are incredibly proud of the way you move through this world. And I would imagine. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, these folks who who are? You know, I would imagine that it would take some some doing to get all this set up to have a robot, and uh, do the, they must they must really love you. I'm guessing. Um, I hope so. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're wicked. Your sense of humor is <laughs> And she awesome. has a sense of humor as well. Okay, like, um, so fun fact, my mom was actually the one who kind of brought about the idea of me owning that robot. Um, she actually saw somebody else use it because she was trying to figure out a way for me to have a school experience because before then I didn't have that. I didn't really have like a normal school experience. It was mostly just virtual school all the time. So she was the one who actually came up with that idea. And I love my mom. She's so persistent. She's like... She knows what she wants, and if it benefits me, she will fight everyone to get mm. me that. And I love that so much. Um, and my dad has also been really supporting. He finds he finds it really cool as well. Well, it sounds like you have two really supportive, strong, loving people in your corner, and I love that because you you need it and you deserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how you get cool kids mm -hmm. by having yeah. cool parents. So, well, <laughs> Shannon Hayes, I am so glad that you came on our podcast. You certainly brighten things up around here. Ginger tends to, you know, tends to ruin the mood, but you, oh, wow. you made it special. And uh, I think you brought a lot of smiles to Florida's fourth estate. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me here. I like doing interviews. They're fun. Oh, we're, we're probably going to have you back for sure. For yeah, sure. definitely. You give us an update when you get your big tech job, all right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks, all right, Shannon. Have a Thank good you one. so much. Stay with us as we take a deep dive into an important issue for people here and across the country. I'm talking about the nursing shortage, how UCF is addressing the shrinking problem. Hey, welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate, everyone. So glad that you stayed with us for something that is really pretty important. Important because these are the people we don't think about until we absolutely need them, and we really need them right now. I'm talking about nurses. There is a huge shortage across the country, and particularly here in the state of Florida, where one source says in the next 12 years, we could be looking for some 60,000 nurses. And UCF is really making a push to get us more nurses. So we have the dean of UCF's 
College of Nursing. Her name is Mary Lou Soul. We are so glad to have you with us. They are taking some steps to really try to amplify the number of nurses because if we don't make some sort of change soon, we're going to be in real trouble. So Mary Lou, first off, welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. Thank you very much, Matt and Ginger. You know, I thought when I was younger, I was going to be either a teacher or a pediatrician. Turns out I don't like blood and um, young children scare me. So (laughs) 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 what is it? Because you're going to be getting people who apply, but not everyone will make a great nurse. Who makes a good nurse, Mary Lou? You know, that's a, a really great question, Ginger, because to be a good nurse, you have to have somebody who does like to be around people, loves to care about people and and make a difference in their lives. So you want somebody that's first of all, that it is a calling and some people know they want to do something in healthcare and whether or not that's nursing or another field, but you have to be able to at least talk to people because not all nursing involves blood, but it's about that contact. You have to love the sciences. So having that interest in science and why things work and how the body works and also uh, an interest in how that we use evidence to do what we do so it's really a conglomeration of being a scientist and being in the stem field as well as being in that healthcare field but it feels like we're losing nurses i know a few people in my family who are in that profession covid came around and the ones who were sort of up in years were like yeah i think this is my time to be done because this is just a little too much a little more than i want to deal with did you find that we lost a significant amount of people during that time? You know, you're, you're very much right, Matt, with your family of what you saw and that there were a lot of nurses who had pretty much towards their end of their career and they saw that with COVID that they just could not handle the stress of it. And many of them were offered lucrative packages to retire early and, and, and I would say many, many took advantage of it. And you think about the, the life uh, knowledge that we lost with the uh, those retirements. But the good news is that there's a lot of people behind them that want to be nurses. My question though, uh, Mary Lou, is how did Florida get here? How did we get, like say in the next 12 years, that, that source I cited, that we will need some 12, some 60,000 nurses? And is it a Florida problem or is Florida the norm or an anomaly? It is a national problem, as we saw with with COVID, with, again, those early retirements and getting people back in in the pipeline to replace those individuals. But it's really exacerbated in Florida because of our growth. Look at the number of people coming into Florida. And that 60,000 number that you cite is including 35,000 registered nurses, which is what we educate. So we're growing and we know that the healthcare industry in the area is growing to support all the all the growth in florida that's not just in central florida but the entire state so we know that in order to get the disney's here and the kpmg's here all of those businesses that we are trying to grow that we need health care and nurses are the integral part and i think the cog that keeps everything rolling with healthcare and it's part of that economy and that growth so it's really important so so what kind of money these days do you make as a nurse coming out of school and what are your options moving forward from there 
I know that starting salaries are now in the 30 some plus dollars an hour. So we're talking 60, 65, $70,000 a year to start as a nurse and that ability to go up. We have clinical ladders that allow, allow nurses to say, hey, I want to be involved in this. I'm going to do this amount of education and I'll do, do some enhancement. Um, and then it's really, it's a wide open opportunity. I tell people that nursing is not a one stop shop. You're a nurse for life and you can work where you choose to work. But I know nurses have started out at the bedside in CCU taking care of patients after open heart surgery. Now they're my primary care providers at the clinic that I go to. And they've gone from that acute care setting to that primary care and become nurse practitioners. And we have a big push right now to get individuals to be get that master's and advanced degrees to serve as those leaders, those managers for all of healthcare and faculty. We are in a critical faculty shortage as well as that bedside type nurse shortage. There was something that happened during COVID too that I started seeing besides everybody making sourdough bread. It seemed like everyone who was a nurse started to become a traveling nurse. Is that really a profession that pays the way people, when they talked about it, it was like husbands were quitting their jobs to follow their wives. Wives were like saying, hallelujah, he's a traveling nurse. What is a traveling nurse? So a travel nurse is someone who takes about a 13 week assignment and then they are assigned to uh, a place anywhere across the country to provide health care. And it could be in the acute care setting, it could be in an emergency setting, a primary care setting. And um, during COVID, the nursing shortage got exacerbated and people went into travel because it became very lucrative. I mean, there were individuals I heard making $250 an hour. So they worked Yay. in 13 weeks and then took a break. But that's not a sustainable model for our institutions. They did it because they had to. And now the goal for them is to, to really reduce that number of travelers and really focus on recruitment and retention of the staff that they have, because it is a business model that will put institutions out of business. But our, we know some of our students want to do it. They're like, I want to travel for two years. I want to see the world. I want to go out to California. I want to go to Texas. I want to go to the wherever. And we hear, we hear them say that because this generation there today wants to do all kinds of different things. So it gives them that opportunity. It does help fill a demand when it exists. Like in Florida, a lot of institutions use travelers during snowbird season. Um, so looking at we have extra needs. We have staffing that works fine nine months of the year, but boy, January, February, March, we need more nurses. So it is a, an okay business, a good business, but it's not a sustainable model for our healthcare agencies. Let's let's talk about what you guys are doing to try to get us more nurses in the state of Florida, which is so desperately needed. Uh, that is so much for asking that. Um, you know, last year uh, in July, the the state budget was passed and we were fortunate to be granted what we call pipeline dollars. So we got a substantial amount of money, nearly $7 million last year that is supposed to be recurring to grow enrollment. So our first step pass is to grow our enrollment by about 50%, which means graduating another 150 nurses a year. And we started this fall with 110 new nurses this fall and spring. So we've admitted more students we're using those funds to admit more fac uh, to hire more faculty. And the third thing we've done is to help, um, we wanna ensure student success. As you admit more students, you wanna make sure they graduate. It's a disservice to us if we don't 
if they graduate and they don't get a job and they don't pass their licensure exam. So we're putting in some student success initiatives, including staffing and test prep and things like that. So we're, we're excited about that. And lastly, we also have some funds that they provided to give us a start in a building because we're in leased space in Research Park. We're not a main campus and we are busting at the seams with this extra 110 students that we have. And um, so our, we are beginning planning a building on the Lake Nona campus where we know we can deliver cutting edge, cross-cutting care, interprofessional alongside of the College of Medicine and other health professions. And um, we're we're working on the plans right now. It's been so much fun working on that. So we're on also an aggressive fundraising campaign to help us get to our end goal for that building. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing that knowledge and insight. And we hope that we can, you know, at least put a dent in that shortage. Thank, thank you, you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mary Lou. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6 Plus.